you know, my ultimate goal isn't about getting signed to a record deal. The ultimate goal is to be able to make a living doing what I love and being able to get my music out to the people that need to hear it. And so, you know, I'm not going to stop if it's not through the traditional way of having a record deal, then we're going to find another way to do it. And I'll be an independent label myself and we'll figure it out. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, how's it going? This is Bree Noble, and you are listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And I'm so excited to have you here today. One thing I want to let you know about before I start my interview with the wonderful Morgan Miles is that we have started a community on Facebook just for female musicians. It's called the Women of Substance Community, and it's exclusively for female artists because I wanted to create a safe space where female artists can help each other, support each other, give each other social proof on their websites, on their videos, on their social media, anything we can do to help each other, to give each other advice. You can learn from other people's experiences. I always say that all boats rise with the tide if we're all working together. So that's why I created this community and you can join by just going to WOScommunity.com. That will take you right to the Facebook page and you can ask to join. It is a private group. I make sure that everybody is really a female artist or related to a female artist before I allow them to join. So uh, go over there wscommunity.com. Get involved. You will see all kinds of really exciting posts going on that you can jump into and start communicating with the other artists. And now I want to get into my interview with Morgan Miles. She is spunky. She is dedicated. She's a hard worker. And she really gives you an idea of what it is to succeed in Nashville, take that on the road, and be doing everything on her own terms. And you're going to learn a ton from her. I learned a few things about how radio works from Miss Morgan. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I know it is going to serve you well. Here's some info about Morgan Miles. Morgan Miles makes soulful country with warm echoes of rock and R&B, sprinkled with moments that remind us why Faith Hill, Shania Twain, and Cheryl Crow transcended their respective genres. Acclaims the Boston Globe of her recently independently released EP, Miss Morgan Miles. Morgan's EP hit number 22 on the iTunes country chart and landed her on several artists to watch lists for 2016. Since moving to Nashville nearly a decade ago to pursue her music career, this Williamsport PA native had the honor of performing at the Winter Olympics and is open for such artists as Reba McIntyre, Hank Williams Jr. and Rick Springfield to name a few. Here's my interview with the lovely Morgan Miles. 
So that's a little bit about Morgan Miles. So Morgan, is there anything that's not in your short bio that you'd like to tell our listeners? Maybe that's a little bit different or interesting about you? Sure. Um, my sound is country soul, which is kind of something that hasn't been done before. Um, we really merged this R&B old soul sound with country, and it's definitely a new, fresh fusion on country genre. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, merge country and pop, but you don't hear a lot of country and soul. Yeah, for me, naturally, my voice has always been soulful. and um, And then lyrically, I've always lent myself to country and really who I am as a person has always been very country. So it really is me. And it's just my take on my influences and my life. And this is kind of the sound that really defines me. Yeah, that's the best way to go. Instead of trying to fit yourself into someone else's box of a genre, just do what you do naturally. Yeah. I mean, if you don't express yourself authentically, I think I don't, I don't think you're being honest to yourself or the listeners. And I think listeners can pick up on that. Oh yeah, definitely. They're, they're pretty smart. Yeah. (laughs) So how did you get started in music? You know, I came from a non musical family and I was just this little girl that could sing really big notes from the time she was born. And I was just so, you know, drawn to music. So me and my mom started taking piano lessons at age five. And then I started doing guitar lessons. I got into musicals and dance. And then I started doing things competitively in like New York City and really just, you know, day by day trying to figure out this really, really hard, confusing business. And it just kind of called me. That's what I wanted to do. And my parents, you know, all of us being so blinded by how to go about it, we just kind of stuck with it. And we're still here, we're still trying. <laughs> how how early did you start doing the competition stuff in New York? Um, my that I started through with dance. Um, my dance teacher would take us up to New York City, and um, I want to say I was maybe thirteen. Wow. Yeah, and we would. It was really good because. Um, I had to, you know, dance and learn like body movement and expressing yourself in a whole nother way musically. And then I would also compete in the singing competitions, which was, it was, it was good to kind of do both and learn how to express yourself in two different ways at the same time. Do you feel like your dance background has really helped you on stage? Oh yeah. I mean, I think I was totally awkward (laughs) when when I was a little girl. But I think um, at the same time that I was getting so into dance, I also, um, my guitar teacher started exposing me to like Janis Joplin. And so I understood like what she was feeling and she was feeling it through her body as well, like at the same time. And then I started connecting the two. Mm, Yeah. Janis Joplin's a good, good option if you've got a soulful voice. Yeah, we were doing um, a series called Woodstock, and my guitar teacher goes, "You have to learn all the live, um, all the live performances during Woodstock verbatim by Janis Joplin." Which, yeah, of course, I didn't know it was gonna be crazy, but it was. It was like all her scats and all those weird things she was doing. I had to basically portray. 
Wow. But it that was good. is a good but education. It taught me so much in the meantime, you know, so. Yeah, it probably also helped you later to figure out how to kind of improvise on your own with your own style. Oh, 100%. It was really cool. That's awesome. So right now, do you consider yourself a full-time musician? And if so, like, what are you doing as far as, you know, your income or the things that you're doing in music? Is it all just like touring in your own music or you maybe have students, you know, what kind of, what kind of makes up your, your day as a musician? Well, um, I'm, I'm not physically in town anymore to keep a job. I nannied all of my way through college and then I ended up working for a family for the past six years, um, which overlapped with college, but I'm physically not in town anymore. Um, so I basically making everything through touring and then, um, obviously just little things here and there. I mean, I'm teaching a voice lesson this afternoon, but yeah, it's just trying to find a way to keep your head above water and, um, and you know, hopefully it'll lead to (laughs) the ultimate goal of getting signed and having a little bit more support on that side of, of the industry. So is that your ultimate goal to get signed? You know, my ultimate goal isn't about getting signed to a record deal. The ultimate goal is to be able to make a living doing what I love and being able to get my music out to the people that need to hear it. And so, you know, I'm not going to stop if it's not through the traditional way of having a record deal, then we're going to find another way to do it. And I'll be an independent label myself and we'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, nowadays with the whole crowdfunding options, you know, you definitely can do it on your own. You just have to, you know, you have to do all that, that administrative business background work that, you know, some artists really want a record label because they don't want to handle that stuff. Well, what it really comes down to is, you know, um, granted as an artist, if you can go and find an investor that believes in you, that investor puts up the money And then you can hire, you can outsource, you know, your radio guys and you can outsource your PR, outsource your, you know, and the list goes on and you can create your own little small working label through probably an investor. Now with where it gets kind of tricky is the radio guys at these labels, they're they're the ones that hold the power. That's why you sign with the labels for that radio you know, involvement, because really right. everything else at this point, I mean, but that's where they hold the most power that the labels are still, you know, you still want to sign a label because of radio. So, yeah, that makes sense. There is that like, you know, open door policy with labels a lot more with radio or kind of those inroads. Do you think that nowadays radio is still like a huge force for artists that it breaks artists that you really need radio play in order to succeed in country music. Yes. And other genres, I would say no, but I Hmm. do have to say in country music, I think listeners are finally, you know, getting their music in different ways through Spotify, through playlists, through Pandora, through different ways and not just the linear way. But for the most part, Country music is still dictated by what is played on their local radio station. That's interesting. I wonder why it's different with country. 
I, I think it's the demographic, you know, the, the, a lot of country listeners, you know, this is the farmers, the farming communities, the blue collar factory workers to, you know, and it's an older, older genre as well. Like, I mean, yes, we have a lot of young listeners and they're the ones that are kind of tipping the scale as far as who's getting it in a different way. But it is older listeners, and they still like just to turn on their car radio, and that's the reality. So mm-hmm. there, that's why a lot of genres from a lot of the other places, people were trying to cross over into country because country was still making money through physical album sales even. So. Mm. Interesting. Do you have any idea if satellite radio is breaking through to any of these you know, country listeners yet? Because I know there are satellite channels that are specifically country. Yeah, Um Sirius XM, the highway, who basically broke Florida Georgia line with Cruz. Oh, oh wow, they did. That's yeah. Cool. John Marks, who um, unfortunately just left a few months ago to go to Spotify Global, he was really a visionary guy. He he would play El King on a country the highway, and he oh. he really just played what he wanted. And unfortunately, he's gone. I hope the highway gets back to like pushing for uniqueness and pushing mm. for just you know I really felt like John Marks he 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 handpicked who he thought it wasn't as political as it, maybe it is now or just the fact that it's getting a little oversaturated versus like I know if I'm going to tune into the highway I'm going to hear incredibly good stuff that I couldn't find on my own and that's what John Marks was bringing I hope they mm. I hope they get back to that point because it's kind of lost a little bit of its amazingness, but no, I think the listeners are still there and people are definitely still tuning into the highway to get, to get new music and to hear new stuff coming out of Nashville. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm really not tuned into, you know, the specifically country channels and, you know, how that, that whole kind of, it's almost like its own separate industry, you know, which is, which is interesting, but I have actually been listening to train tracks, which I think is on the pulse. Uh I don't know if you ever heard that it's, it's, uh, Pat Monahan's, uh, handpicked show, the guy from train and he handpicks all the artists and they're all people that you, most of them are people you would not have heard of. And I just love that they're, they're doing shows like that now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. There's so many talented musicians and amazing people out there. And I I mean, I think that's where our future is headed, just getting music in an entirely different way. I think it's our society is becoming very personalized. So and it's instant gratification. We're not just going to get, you know, you're not going to hear Carrie Underwood's single just one way now you're gonna you could probably hear it a million different ways now versus just the one way that it used to be that's true that's true that's cool so i am wondering you know there's a lot of listeners on our show that are struggling musicians as you know most indies are when they first start out and i'm curious if you have you know a story that you could tell something that happened you know early on during a time maybe where you felt like, oh my gosh, I'm hitting a wall. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm frustrated. You know, should I give up? I don't even know if this is going to work for me. And then you were able to push through that wall. Some, you know, something happened and, you know, and now you're looking at it on the other side of it 
And you're so thankful that you still kept going because, you know, you are having a thriving, successful career right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what can our listeners learn from something that you've gone through? I mean, I think we can all agree that it's an, it's a never ending, like I'm, I'm up and then I'm down, I'm up. But about two years ago after the, you know, I was nannying, um, the country radio was not accepting females. It was really, really difficult. I was nannying a woman that was dying of ALS and she had two young children. I lost both my grandfathers within a year. And this woman said to me, and she's 45, has two young kids. She said to me, all I ever wanted to do was write a book and I never got to it. And life's too short. You're doing exactly what I wish I had done. You cannot Mm. give up. And so after that point, I kind of put life into perspective that I'm very lucky to actually have a passion and know what I want to do and to have people actually hear my music and relate to me and care about what I do. And I I finally just decided to take each day and try to be as positive as I can, not about, you know, maybe the negative side of the industry, stay positive over how music performing, writing songs is my therapy and how it gets me through my life and how I need it to be the happiest person that I can be and focus on the positive and no more comparing myself to other people, no more comparing, you know, to other people's journey. This is my journey and this is what I'm going to do. And I just had to get to a positive side versus focusing on the stuff that wasn't happening. And then all of a sudden great things were happening and it's made me, you know, last week, like you said, we had to reschedule this podcast because I hit a deer and I was very, <laughs> I was so upset because of how much I knew this was going to cost me. And we were stranded in a small town and it was a lot. But, you know, last week who kind of got me through was my band there. You know, I could have had a bunch of guys that were really upset with the situation and, you know, screaming at me and they weren't, they're like, Morgs, you can't give up. Come on. This Mm. is just a small little, you know, small little thing in the scheme of life. And it truly was, it was a hard week, but it really united us even more as a band. And, you know, I'm very thankful for that. So, I mean, I think life is always going to give you obstacles in the music business. It gives you a lot because there's so many freaking little roads and twists and turns and you're just you know constantly trying to figure it out and there's so many pieces but we at the end of the day you get up on stage and you get to express yourself and it's this massive natural energy that hits you and that's when you know you know like you love what you do and all that goes away Mm, that I, I love all of that advice. And it, I'm so glad you have that support system of your band. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's terrible when something like that happens to you and you feel totally alone, like no one is there to support you or you're not getting along with your band. You know, it's so great to, and that's so important, I think for the longevity of a career to have some kind of support system behind you. Oh yeah. I mean, I used to be the, um, right after college, I used to play the utility musician for um a lady that we were like opening for Reba and everything and they were this lead singer she was really really horrible to me 
And yeah. that's why I got really close to Reba's band. So that was the blessing. That was the blessing in it all. But from all that did was teach me like, cause I used to be a big soccer player and I was like, you're only, you set the pace for your team as the lead singer. You are the team captain. So whatever you're feeling and the energy you're giving off is only going to be what the energy of the band is. So I really always try to keep my band really happy. Like, cause I really want to be like a family. So when we're up on stage, you know, we really feel good about it. And I want them to be able to express themselves too and not feel like this is a dictatorship or whatever. So it's, it was, I learned so much from that because, you know, I, I really was devastating being on the road and doing something that I loved and turning it so, so hard. And it was just, I was treated really bad. And I was like, I will never be that person to my band ever. Yeah, that's a really good example of a bad experience teaching you something mm -hmm. that, you know, is going to have this ripple effect later of you treating people right. Then they're going to see how wonderful they're treated. They're going to treat other people right, you know. Right. So sometimes we have to go through those bad experiences and it does. It sucks. Like it yeah. sucks when you're you love what you're doing, but someone's making it miserable for you. And not to mention, you got to live with these people on top of it. You're not uh -huh. it's not like you have a nine to five and you go home like, no, you're stuck. So when you, when you feel like, and you're being chastised for things that are like, you're just like, wow, this is, I don't even know what to do. I'm stuck in Canada. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, in all of your, your career so far, what has been the most mind blowing experience that you've had where you've been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm doing this. I, you know, I need to pinch myself to see if it's real. I just think recently with the release of the EP to have uh, charted on SoundScan independently was like mind blowing to have been in the Nashville Lifestyles magazine three times, like in a row. That was crazy to be mentioned by Rolling Stone country as one of the artists to watch. Like it mind boggles me how I'm completely independent. I'm not signed to anything besides a booking agency. And that people are finding me and like, like attaching themselves to me. And I, I love it. It's just incredible. So I'd say that has been the biggest thing. Also, when I got to play with the Pennsylvania Symphony Orchestra and having 75 players behind me was pretty, pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. It was awesome because, you know, it took us nine months to arrange all my original music for a two hour show. And my guitar teacher from when I had grown up, he played. And then my two middle school teachers and elementary school teacher played in the orchestra as well. So oh my goodness. Now, was this in your hometown? Is that why you had all your teachers and everything? Yeah, it was in my hometown, and it was good because it, it's this beautiful place called the, um, oh gosh, the Community Arts Center. And I just remember going there as a little girl and getting all dolled up, and it was like my favorite place to go. And my grandfather had just passed away. Amy had just passed away, and the kids were able to make it, and you know, I just, I just cried. Cause I mentioned my grandfather's name and the entire audience stood up and clapped and I just lost. it. <laughs> oh, I would totally lose it. Oh my gosh. 
So it was very wow. Special. That is a that is a major experience. I hope you got a video of that. We did. Oh, good. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Well, obviously, you you know you really you know set your career on a path when you moved to Nashville, and I was curious at what you thought about whether you think it's it's important for songwriters, singer songwriters to move to Nashville when they first start out? Or do you think that they can do just as much in their own hometown? Oh, I think, I think you got to move out of your hometown and you got to put yourself in this big sea because in a small hometown, you're a big fish in a small pond. You got to get out here. And yes, it's a competition in a way of like learning your craft and getting better. It's going to be incredibly intimidating, but you got to learn the best and that's what you'll be exposed to and that can only make you get better it's hard it's not going to be easy but that's the reality because even as far as I've gotten I know how much harder it's going to get once I'm signed I've got to go around the entire U.S. and play at every radio station to hopefully get a hit single I mean so it's it's a lot it's not easy and so if you're in a small hometown I just don't it like you're not going to keep pushing yourself further because you've reached your top. Like, so now you got to move on to the bigger city and figure out the business, figure out how to write the best songs you can figure out network and learn all that the best that you can and keep moving forward. Now, do you think Nashville is more of a a learning place like versus, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that live in Nashville. There's nowhere to play there that you get paid. There's so much competition. Do you think you go there in order to learn and hone your craft? And then you need to go out on tour in order to actually have places to play. Um, again, you have to follow your own journey and your own heart. Yes. You will not make money in Nashville playing unless you go down on Broadway and you're singing a bunch of covers, which is highly unrecommended. But it is a learning place. There's plenty of places to play, but you got to put yourself out there. You go and you do a songwriter's round and you make it happen and you start networking with people. And, you know, that gets you prepared to go out on the road and wow people because it is so hard in Nashville that you, when you're out on the road and you go to other towns and they're loving you, it, you, you have worked your way up so hard in Nashville that these shows become, you're, you're great at what you do at this point, you know? Mm. So I think it all depends how you look at it. I mean, I think Nashville is a great learning city. I think it's a great networking city. And it's the reality of the business. There's no way around it. You gotta, you gotta learn what's really going on in the business side and able to be successful at your dream. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It really does hone you to be able to be successful wherever you go because you've got so much competition. Yeah. Do you think that Nashville is the place mostly for country artists or do you think any singer songwriter should be in Nashville or could they have just as good of an experience going to LA or New York? A lot of people from LA are actually moving here. Mm. Um, it's, it's a pop set, a pop town. It's all genres. I mean, friggin' Jack White has his studio here and, you know, um, Kings of Leon are out of here. Paramore, um, you know, there's a lot going on, a huge Christian music town. It has everything, really. And I mean, I still believe that 
Nashville is truly based in the songwriting side of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many people moving here from LA and I think the good thing about Nashville is it's smack dab in the middle of the United States. So either five hours or six hours, I think it is by like car or flight. So, you know, you're not on a coast, so you're able to kind of get to places a little bit easier if you are touring musicians. So, um, I think that's true. That's definitely true. It does make it easier to tour from Nashville. Sometimes I'm frustrated being way over here in California and it's like, (laughs) you know, something's happening in New York and I want to go, but it's not even possible. Yeah. That's where my sister, she lives in Pasadena and it's the same Mm. problem just trying to see her. So I totally understand. (laughs) Do you think that Nashville is a little less pretentious than LA? Like I just, I hear from so many artists that say like, I'm so sick of the, you know, I I need to be famous. You know, you're not anyone unless people know who you are attitude in LA. Um, I definitely, it's the South. There's a mentality here that is, you know, we help one another and it's definitely, it all began with like a small town feel. It's a good old boy town. And that basically means like you got to put your 10 years in before it happens. Mm. So (laughs) yeah. And it's, I mean, and I truly believe, you know, I've I've met the biggest, you know, I've interned for the biggest country music stars and the most humble ones are the ones that are living at the top. And I, Mm. I appreciate that about my genre and I really appreciate how Nashville, you can, it seems like you can have a normal existence and, you know, why does Nicole Kidman and Keith, you know, hollow up in Nashville. And I think it's because they can raise their family and be normal and people don't really bother them. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Now you said you had a booking agent. Mm-hmm. When did you get a booking agent? Were you booking bef- your own stuff before that? And, you know, ha- was it difficult to get a booking agent? Do you feel like, you know, that's really important for artists to do or what level would they need to be at in order to do that? For me, my whole thing has always been live performance. It's always been my selling point. And so Rob Beckham, who's the head of William Morris um, in Nashville, who's got, you know, the band Perry, he's got Garth Brooks, Rascal Flatts and everything. He has always been in my court. He was just blown away. And I'm, I'm very blessed for that. It kind of has always been my saving grace. And I just knew I wasn't going to go out on tour until I had an album that really expressed who I was. And I didn't ask to be booked until I had that done. So we got the EP done in January and Rob was like, let's do it. So um, really it it came down to just making sure that I had all the components because there's no need to be out in the road. If you have nothing to promote, if you're not working towards anything, there is no reason to be out there. So you know, hone your craft in town. Don't spend the money, you know, killing yourself. And if you, if you're not ready, so. Yeah. Really good point. There's no point in trying to go out on the road if you don't have anything to sell number right. one. And if you don't have anything to, that you can elevate right. by putting it in front of a lot of people. Right. So, you know, I've had my booking agency for like three years and I was with CAA before that, but again, I did not have an album 
it wasn't the time. So I really didn't, I mean, of course I booked a few shows here and there, but it was not the time for me to be pushing to be out on the road. So how did you do your album? Did you get it crowdfunded? Did you invest all your own money? Did you work somewhere else in order to make the money? I was very lucky because my producer, I didn't have to pay an upfront fee. He believes in me. He'll, he will get percentages, mechanicals and all that, you know, mm. once we're signed. A lot of times a producer, he'll invest his time and then the um, record labels, you know, you'll shop it to record labels and then the record label will make a deal with the producer and buy off the masters from the producer. So that that's kind of the setup that we're at. And then um, a guy named Paul Skelton who owns County Q just believes in me so much. He gave me a free, free recording whenever we needed when it was open, which is insane for 13 months. Wow. Insanity. Yeah. So, um, and then... I um I had three musicians play on it and they were very cool with the price. So and then I paid for the mastering and the mixing. So yeah, it was off of me and my nannying um salary that is next to nothing, but I was able to save up and pay for it. I live with my parents, so at least I don't have rent. <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, I just, I kind of fell into a really good situation to be able to make a really great record. And, you know, I just got lucky. I prayed for it and found the right people. And I'm just, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you, I'm impressed, but I, I know that the reason that you did that is because you are fantastic live (laughs) and you show people on stage because I did have this conversation with my friend, Jen, who went and saw you a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and she said, Oh my goodness, she blew me away. (laughs) So, you know, I know that that is how you achieved getting those deals and those people believing in you is because you, you put it all on the stage. You show them that, you know, you can go out every night and sell this thing. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't they want to invest in it? I know. I'm just, I'm very blessed to have people like that, that believe in me. So, I mean, Mm. I'm ready to make them all successful. That's for sure. It's time. (laughs) Right. Right. We're all moving up, right? Yeah. So I noticed that you have some, uh, some cover tunes that you've done on your YouTube channel. And I was wondering how you use those to kind of attract new fans. You know, I've been putting out just a few cover uh, videos that I feel really kind of still stick with my sound of this country soul sound. I covered Girl Crush before it was even chosen as a single just because I was like, wow, that's a soul song. That's awesome. Mm. And so I wanted to cover it because I was like, this is probably a good way for, you know, fans of Little Big Town to, you know, find me. And then... I did the same thing with Brothers Osborne again, Let Me Love the Lonely Out of You. It never became a single, but it's it was a song I was obsessed with before they even put out an EP. I heard it from a guy at CSAC and I was just like, I've got to cover this song. It's so awesome. So I've really just been covering songs that I relate to, but also really kind of define that country soul sound. And so fans can kind of understand where I fit in a country. And um yeah, I, I don't know. I just choose them from what where I feel. <laughs> do, do you find that that brings in new fans that maybe like Little Big Town because they find that song, you know, your name comes up? Yeah, I mean, I think we're at 66,000 views, the most I've wow. ever had on a video. So I think it definitely 
had people discover me in, in a very organic way. So that was good. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I always recommend to my students to do stuff like this. And then they're always like, I don't know what to cover. What should I cover? And, you know, I just tell them what, you know, what do you love? Like, what do you feel really represents you? And you shouldn't feel like you're working hard to do a cover. Like, no, and you should, you either, you know, sing the crap out of it and do it like the original, or you make it your own into that genre that defines you. Right. Because, you know, why would people watch the same thing that, you know, Little Big Town just did? You got to put your spin on it so people are intrigued. For sure. I mean, I think that that's so fun that I actually have a whole series on women of substance radio called we've got it covered and it's all these original, you know, versions of cover songs from like every single decade. So I I just think that's so fun to put your own spin on covers. Yeah, for sure. You got to do it. (laughs) Well, I've got one more question to ask you before we wrap up. Do you have any books or maybe online resources that you could recommend for artists either that have really helped you either, you know, in relation to songwriting, performing, or even like, um, you know, self-development. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I went, I have a business degree from Belmont. I went, I was, um, I was in music business school at, at Belmont here in Nashville. So, I mean, I think that's where I mainly get most of my knowledge from, but one of the best books, that is silly that I'm saying this, but it's the secret. And it really, there's a book called the magic. That's part of the secret series. And it shows you how to find your gratitude and peace of mind day by day for 30 day process. And I think honestly, if I would start anywhere in life, just needing direction and needing to find blessings and feel better about yourself, I think the universe and God and your faith will lead you to your answers that you're needing to find and how to get there. It'll show you the way. And that's the book I would start with. It taught me how to be way more positive. It taught me how to find solutions and be grateful for where I was. And it's really helped me in a lot of ways. So. And that's what you need when you hit a deer. So that's good. Yeah. You need need like all of that you can muster. (laughs) No, I don't think that's silly at all. I've actually had another person on the show mention the secret. So it's, yeah, I I think it's, it's been really instrumental for mindset, which is really important. I mean, you cannot discount mindset. Yeah. I'm, it lines up with like my faith. I'm a Christian. So it doesn't veer off from like religion. So for me, it just was, it's a great reminder. And truly, if you sit there and you say 10 thank yous for things that are in your life that you currently have, you do feel way, way better. And then your day feel is starts to look up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so easy to get get negative when you're in the music industry, you know, they're streaming my music for pennies and this person stole my song. And, you know, it's just so easy to like nitpick and get, Yeah. there's so many things you can easily get negative about and you're just not going to get anywhere that way. No, no, you got to, you know, again, you got to stay positive on the side of why you do music and why you're here in the first place. You know, it's because it's what you love to do. Yes. Awesome. And that is a great closing line for us. I want you to let them know how they can find you online. 
Everything is at morganmileslive.com, and Miles is spelled M-Y-L-E-S. All my socials for Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook are all as well at Morgan Miles Live. Very smart. Always best to try to get them all the same if you can. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. It's been so great. I'm glad we finally connected. And, and once you got home from tour, and I know you're back out again. So um, are all your tour dates listed on your website? Yes. Um, for the most part, sometimes I get behind with my web developer. But yes, for the most part, they're all up there. Good. Okay. So you guys go check and see when she's going to be in your area because she gives a kick-ass show, I've heard. <laughs> Can't wait to see it myself. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Morgan. Thank you. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.